Hello, and welcome to the Scripts and Scribes podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Fukunaga. For more great interviews and resources on the craft and business of writing, be sure to check out our companion website, scriptsandscribes.com, and be sure to check out the Writers Guild Foundation Masterclass with Courtney A. Kemp, creator and showrunner of the Star's original series, Power, Tuesday, May 17th, where she will talk about the journey and process of creating and running her show, lessons she learned, and more. Details are available on the Writers Guild Foundation website at wgfoundation.org. But first, we have on the show today a dynamic writer and producer who has worked on such shows as Star Trek Enterprise, Terra Nova, and Nikita. He's currently the co-creator and showrunner of Sci-Fi's hit series 12 Monkeys, airing Mondays, 9, 8 Central. Welcome to the show, Mr. Terry Metalis. Thanks for coming on, Terry. Well, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. First off, uh, I just want to say congratulations. I read that you signed an overall deal with Universal Cable Productions recently, and that's pretty awesome. Thank um, you. I know UCP does some great shows, including 12 Monkeys and Mr. Robot, which I also love. Um, that's great. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. I mean, both shows are really fantastic. Uh, Daring TV, which is just awesome, as opposed to you know a lot of the stuff you get on network, which isn't as always uh, challenging, so to speak. Right. No, that's, yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, what does having an overall deal at UCP mean for you and your work on 12 Monkeys and future projects going forward? Well, it means that I'm, I'm, I'm working exclusively for Universal right. Cable. It means that when I develop or I have new shows or new ideas, I'm, I'm, I'm working with that creative team, um, to, to make those, those projects go. Um, it also means that, um, you know, it means it's a lot of it means they have, it means they have confidence in the show to Twelve Monkeys, and mm-hmm. they're they're at least happy creatively where we took it. Right. Um, and they're they're really incredible creative partners. Um, you know, it, uh, Twelve Monkeys is a challenging show creatively, and uh, to have that kind of support um, to to push you to to be more daring. Um, is, uh, is, is, is a rare thing and, um, it's been a great home for the last couple of years and, uh, I'm really excited to, to, to take the next step with them. Yeah, that's great. Um, now I guess we'll just do a little time travel of our own and jump back to the place where we normally start our interviews and that's finding about you and your background. Um, where are you from originally and, and what made you want to work in the industry um, and how did you get your start? Although I guess that's about three questions, but, um, well, um, I'm from New Jersey, um, just, uh, from, from the suburbs of New Jersey. Uh, and I would, uh, you know, my, my parents loved movies and television and we, we, we'd always go to the movies a lot and, uh, look forward to the big, you know, Indiana Jones, back to the future, Star Trek, and, you know, any of these big, um, genre, uh, temples and it would, that we, in television too, and not just genre television, anything from Cheers, but we were we were consumers of uh, movie and TV. So I was always drawn to that, and um, I went to in high school a performing arts program where I was um, where where I was doing a bit of oh I thought I was going to be an actor for a while, mm-hmm. and um, what uh, what I ended up wanting to do more of was uh, sort of create the story and put the other actors in that story. And so I started to do some writing. I started writing plays and that's kind of what got me into college. I went to Emerson college um, where I uh, studied television and, and made some uh, college TV 
mm-hmm. <laughs> which was uh, some good, not so some not so good. <laughs> um, and uh, then I came out. To, they had a, the Emerson has a great Los Angeles program where you can you can spend your last semester actually working at a pro- real production company for credit oh. um, as, uh, as an internship, and um, ended up uh, at Star Trek. Uh, and that's kind of where I got my first break. I started first. I started as a PA there. Then I moved to the writer side because I was really interested in that. And then I um, started to write stories and pitches and became an assistant to the showrunner. Um, and then I wasn't sure if I wanted to be a writer for a while because I thought I was like, well, maybe I just want to be in development because writers seem kind of miserable. Um, <laughs> so uh, and then um, and then I, it got to a point where developing was. Uh, was harder, you know, to do where, uh, where I, you know, so many ideas are execution dependent. So I just started writing the thing I wanted to develop. Mm. Um, and then that got me an agent and a manager and got me staffed. And that w- with, a, I was at the time, uh, was, uh, at a writing partner, Travis Fickett and, um, the rest is history. We created the show together and, um, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been fun. Well, I know that, or I had read that on Star Trek, you worked on Star Trek Voyager as an assistant, and then you got some story credits on Star Trek Enterprise, which yes. is sort of interesting. How um, how did you make the jump from writing, from a PA to writing stories for Star Trek Enterprise, and then jumping to being a staff writer on a show? Well, I mean, it helps you know, location, location, location is everything, sure. right? I, I was right there. I knew some of the writers and um, I was an assistant in the writer's department. Mm-hmm. So, and they need stories. You I mean, yeah, I think at that time it was more than 22, maybe 24 episodes a season or something. You know, when you have that many, um, I would imagine as a showrunner, you're like, I'll take it. You know, <laughs> I want to hear all the ideas. Right. Um, and I, uh, you know, I had a couple of ideas, you know, good or bad, I don't know, but they were they were viable mm-hmm. um, for Star Trek. I was a Star Trek fan, so uh, it, w- it was as simple as that. And then you you get to write it up, and then you know, and then they make it. It was cool. Yeah, that sounds cool. Um, and before you created Twelve Monkeys, I know you were working on Nikita as a writer, and I guess you were the executive story editor. Um, is that correct? I think so. I think yeah. I think so, yeah. Travis and I both were, yeah. Um, and then you and, and Travis wrote a pilot called Splinter that you guys developed into 12 Monkeys and became co-creators, co-EPs on the first season of your own show. What was the learning curve like that, for, you know, for that whole process? Well, I, I tell you what was – Nikita was incredible learning curve because what we got to do on Nikita was uh-huh. go produce your episode. So you'd write it, but then you'd actually end up on set and take it through the whole process. Mm. That is key to, I think, honestly, becoming a better writer um, is getting through the process of actually having to make the thing you wrote right. uh, and, and realizing I can't make that, but I can make this. And I, this is good if I do that. Um, it's, it, that was, that really helped um, by the time we went into 12, 12 monkeys and getting into the pilot, uh, shooting in Detroit and, and just producing it. Um, I would say that that was the most invaluable of, of, of all the experiences and, and to know writer's room. And then just to, come in and be like, okay, here's the first season of a show. Um, and it, it's, it's uh, daunting, the first season of any show, especially right. when the, 
you know, because you there's any you can go down literally any path. <laughs> um and eventually you have to say this is what we're gonna do. And I think, you know, um I think we did a pretty good job, uh, first season of of getting the audience there. There's there's things I probably would have done differently um in retrospect, but I think, you know, it was pretty solid. Um I think this season I think we're I think last year was a good show. I think this year is a great show. I think we were, we've really found the show, and uh, I, I'm super proud of what we've been able to do. Right. Well, that's great. I mean, yeah, no, I, I thought your first season was fantastic. And I know every show has to find its legs, whether it's Breaking Bad or whether it's Surprise. I mean, every show gets better as, as it goes. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. There's always the, the jump the shark moment, right? Um, but yeah, or the opposite. The show is brilliant the first season, and then it just it kind of starts to, yeah. But uh, but yeah, no, I I agree. I think I think we we've found ourselves. That's great. Yeah. Um, what was the the development process like? Because again, I had read that it, you didn't write Twelve Monkeys. You wrote a script Splinter, and then you developed mm-hmm. it into Twelve Monkeys. Um, so how did you get Splinter slash Twelve Monkeys made? How did that process work? Well, Atlas, um, the the company who made Twelve Monkeys, had were in, was interested in making it a TV show and had explored it for some time, mm-hmm. uh, and to unsuccessfully. And um, Splinter was similar in that it was a guy coming back to stop this. Um, sort of outbreak disaster um, in uh, in the future. So it, it thematically lived in the same world as as 12 Monkeys. and um, But it was much more adrenalized than, than 12 Monkeys and really kind of really cooked through a lot of story in, in the first um, first episode. Kind of. mm. And so when we got there, they were like, you know, could this be 12 Monkeys? What would it be? And, you know, we were big fans of the film and we're like, I don't know. 12 Monkeys is a perfect movie. But then we were like, you know, it would be, wouldn't it be really interesting if at the end you just only heard about the army of the 12 Monkeys and we started to explore, be like, well, God, you never really see the future. We, you could, we could build out that world. We could build out this conspiracy. We could change this and change that. How exciting would it be to make Brad Pitt's character a woman? Because you know who you don't want to see another man take on that role. You know mm-hmm. who who's going to be able to, to do it as well as Brad Pitt, but a woman. You know, once we really started to go down that road, we were very convinced that it could be a cool show. Um, so that was that was the process, and um, Atlas was great. Um, we'd actually pitched it to Sci-Fi twice. Hmm. Um, before before they said yes, um, they said no twice. <laughs> um, and then um, uh, you know, as different projects came and went, it always it was just a project that they remembered, and we're like, you know, should we go back into the Battlestar world, which is where kind of our show lives? And uh, they, yeah, we, they gave us a chance. Wow. Um, now you guys are the showrunners for the second season, or you know, the second season that's airing now. Um, but three years ago when you were writing on uh, Nikita, did you see yourself in this position running your own show? And if so, is it what you expected it would be like? Well, you hope someday. Sure. Um, for sure. You hope someday. Um, it, uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't, uh, it, it's, it's a, it's a whole different experience to, from, 
from being there. You know, there's so many things that, you know, working for, you know, I was also on Terra Nova and mm -hmm. things that, you know, uh, showrunners do that, um, you know, just the rewriting process, how they run the room and whatnot, where you're like, well, I would never do that. I would do it this way. Right. And then you get to, <laughs> when it's your <laughs> moment to run the room, you're like, oh, I know exactly why <laughs> they did it this way. I know exactly why I was rewritten. I know exactly. So you do see it from another another point of view. Um, it's a it's a really hard job. It's, I, I think it's the best job in the world, mm -hmm. but it is... Um, it's hard because sometimes you can't articulate the thing you want um, as well as writing it yourself. And um, you have many, many talented people uh, writing uh, for you that may not 100% get what you're going for. Mm -hmm. And so when you come in and sort of like, oh, I got this, I'm taking over, those people could be let down that they didn't give you what you want. But it's it's unfair for them to to think that because it's just that's just part of the process of being a showrunner sure absolutely and being a writer on a show knowing it's the showrunner's show it's your vision it's your yeah you're the captain of the boat so um but that's interesting to hear uh how again the lessons that you've sort of learned in terms of like things that you said you would never do as a showrunner and then you realize sometimes why that was done. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand it. I even called, I even called, uh, uh, Craig Silverstein who ran Nikita. And I was like, I, first of all, would like to apologize for writing this script this way to you. And I wanted to, uh, I think it was brilliant <laughs> that you rewrote this. I uh, you understand. Um, you understand. Yeah. It's like becoming a parent, right? Yeah. Now you get it. Exactly. <laughs> um, I read somewhere that when you wrote the series Bible, for 12 Monkeys, you had worked out exactly how you wanted the show to end and the series itself. Um, and and the rest of it is sort of taking the ride to get there. So I guess my question is, and I'm asking for 12 Monkeys fans everywhere, how is the show going to end? I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm totally kidding. Um, but really, really, is it more restricting to have a specific destination that you're writing towards, uh, or is it, it super helpful it is, knowing where you're going? No, no, it's not. Um, it, when we, that's not entirely true. Yeah, okay. I've heard this. I've heard this before. Um, I think Natalie Chidez said something. Uh -huh. It's not. So the answer is I know in my head <clears throat> what I want the last two scenes to be. Okay. But there are many ways to get to those last two scenes. But um, it's not like this is a locked combination um, that you can't um, move in inside of. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but I do know, I do know emotionally where it needs to end with these characters. Um, so, so yeah, so it's not, uh, you're not at all restricted. There's many things. I mean, there's things we discovered along the way in this season. There's a thing that we were like halfway through. We're like, you, we came up with an idea and we were like, Oh yeah, this kicks off this. Mm -hmm. So you always want, you know, you want the ability until you hear a better idea or you've come up with a better idea um, to be able to to adjust. But yeah, it, it is. I mean, certainly in a time travel show, you you kind of want to know where you're going. Right. <laughs> I guess it does help. Um, on the podcast, we focused on the concept of uh, writer's voice quite a bit. 
mostly because a lot of reps and producers and, and showrunners say they're looking for writers with a strong voice. Um, and you've written a lot of, of sci-fi and are very good at it, and I assume you're a fan, but that's definitely more genre yeah. than voice. Um, Don Olmsted, EVP of uh, uh, UCP, was quoted as saying that you're a great writer and everything you want in a showrunner. He loves big ideas, writes amazing characters, and always surprises us where he takes them. Um, that's what you're known for and as part of what could be described as your voice. I guess what I want to know is how did you find your personal voice or writing style? And I'm sure this is not a one sentence answer, but. Oh, boy. I think, you know, I think you write what you want to see. You write what you want to hear, you know, and people, people want different things. You know, I know I have a writer who writes the most wonderful, fanciful dialogue you've ever heard. Um, too much so sometimes for me, and I'm like, you got to dial it back. Mm -hmm. But he's writing what he wants to hear, and that's his that's his thing. Um, uh, so I think you just, you know, it's it's a it's a gut thing. It's just sort of like taste, you know. Um, I think um, I think Aaron Sorkin, in the way that he likes his dialogue and his voice, is what he likes to see and hear, you know. So I think it just comes from it. It's born of that. Um, whether or not you have a unique take on it is kind of up to the world. <laughs> um, so I don't know, you know, but uh, I think so. Well, at what point did you, or I mean, has it ever happened or do you just continue writing what you write uh, and let the world figure it out, so to speak? Um, or at some point, did you find your voice? Did you go, this is the way I write or do you just write and then whatever happens, happens? I mean, I just write in whatever, whatever happens, happens. <laughs> right. Um, you know, it, it is, uh, it, you know, it changes. Um, sure. It, it, you know, you, I, I, you never, I, I don't know anybody who's like, who's like finishes the script and be like, I only want to sound and be like this. Mm -hmm. Um, I think you want to be able to grow and change, um, throughout, but I think there are also, you know, people you want to emulate and, uh, rhythms that you that you find work uh, well, um, with, with, and other things that you watch, you know, uh, different different types of pieces sort of speak to you in different ways, and you know, um, you want to emulate that in some way, or it's, you know, or, or or at least you know put a feeling of that in in your own work. Right. Um. Do you ever when you're since you're writing a, a time travel show? And you obviously have a fan base who's, you know, the genre, uh, genre series, genre films, genre material tends to have a very avid fan base. How do you guys, I guess you're only in your second season, but as it continues on, it's going to get like with The Simpsons, I mean, you've run 18 seasons. You, there's just so much material to have to keep track of. And in a time travel show, um, how do you guys deal with that or how you, do you think you will deal with that? It's, a, you know, I, it's very easy. The answer is very easy. Okay. The emotional story is linear. Mm -hmm. the, 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 uh, and that's all that matters um, for, for the characters. The, the jumping around and all that stuff is, is sort of um, you know, the cherry on top of, right. of it all. But, but it, unless these characters – uh, are having the right conflict, the right 
journey, it, it none of it matters. Um, and the good news, in the uh, you know, at least I think, and very good news for me, <laughs> is we have that journey mapped out. We know where we want to take these characters, um, and it's um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward. I really hope we get a season three because where we go is is pretty mind blowing um, uh, for for fans of these characters. Uh, so. Yes, that you do uh, find time travel snafus, mm-hmm. um, and it, but that that stuff's kind of fun setting up the Easter eggs. We're like, okay, we know we're going to go to 1944, but then we're going to go to 1935, so let's set up an Easter egg. That stuff is is um, is the cake dressing, and it's, it is fun. It's, it's really finding the emotional journey that makes it you know toughest. Right, right, and and that's something good for for, for other writers to keep in mind that. Again, it's about the characters. Yeah, you know, it is. And by the way, I, it took me quite a bit uh, of time to really get that. Not not necessarily in 12 Monkeys, but in some of the, my, my first sort of scripts is finding what makes a great character is, um, you know, because easy to, the plot in a weird way is the, the easy part. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not easy, but... <laughs> But it, but it, the, the finding a character. I mean, you know, for instance, I think an, a great example is the new Star Wars movie, Force Awakens, in which that in the first twenty minutes you meet three new characters that you're totally invested with, <laughs> which is almost an impossible feat to do to to connect to three brand new Star Wars characters, and you're and you like them all, right? Uh, and I think that that's a that's what it's all about is, is, is that. So then the rest is, you know, you don't want to drop the ball from there, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's, it's important. Right. Um, as a showrunner, a lot of our listeners are aspiring writers and what sort of advice would you have for a writer, go a, a new writer going in as a staff in a staffing meeting Meeting the showrunner, what sort of advice would you give to them? When you meet the showrunner, yeah. When you go into well, know their show very well as best as you can, best you can, um, and see if you can, you know, toss out a few places to go um, that you find interesting, or and you don't necessarily always have to um, talk about new new places, but where they've gone is, is about as, is also important to show that you have an understanding of what makes these characters so important. Um, talk about moments you love because that'll, that'll dictate the taste that you have the same kind of taste. Um, if you've gotten the meeting, it typically means they liked what you wrote. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and also, you know, it is very much, you know, uh, loosen up, I think, because, Showrunners are also looking at people that they have to sit in the room with for the next six months. Right. You know, and you know, if you're if you're really nervous or uncomfortable, they might make them feel really nervous and uncomfortable. And then you know, it's 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 not. Um, it, you just just be normal in, in the respect that uh, not don't be abnormal. Just be like, just hang out, loosen up, relax. Don't worry about the job so much. Just talk about cool stuff, what you like. Um, and that, that really rubs off, you know, and show your enthusiasm for the kinds of stories that you like. Um, and that will, that will kind of get a, 
um, kind of get a dialogue going, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what is your writing process like? Where do you like to work? And, 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 uh... Well, uh, it it's all over the place. I mean, it could be airplanes. I mean, <laughs> but some of the best stuff I wrote this season has been on an airplane. Um, it it could be at a kitchen table. It can be anywhere. My my process is a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so you're not the writer advice. that has to be locked up in a cabin somewhere in the woods, away from civilization or anything like that. No, no. I mean, when, in TV, you don't have that luxury. Right. You have to write wherever you, you just have to write. <laughs> you just have to get it done. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so no. I mean, it sounds cool though. I would like to do that. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but no, I mean, that my process is, uh, you know, it changes, it changes from, from, you know, procrastination to, I'm going to get ahead on this and write this. You just never, um, all over the place. Right. Um, and I'm sure with your, uh, UCP overall deal and your show running and promoting the second season of the monkeys and development that you have plenty of free time to watch television. So I want to know in your, uh, previous pre-showrunner days maybe uh what your favorite tv shows are well no i am i I mean i i truly think you showrunner should watch as much television as possible i love hearing um um because yeah you want to see what everybody else is doing you you know you want to be inspired uh and every time i ask this question though everyone's like oh i don't have time to watch tv because i'm making i love hearing you do you do i mean you do run out of time but i you know i think you have to make time to uh, shut your brain off. I mean, you know, uh, for me, uh, House of Cards, Game of Thrones, Penny Dreadful um, are some uh, Bloodline. I really love Bloodline on uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Robot. You know, these are yeah. all, those are the shows that, that I've watched recently that have, you know, inspired me. Homeland. Um, and then, you know, um, Shark Tank. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, yeah. You, you know, uh, all that stuff. You yeah. Know, it's, um, yeah. Um, and what show, any show in history, would you have liked to have worked on and why? Well, you know, it's tough. I think Battlestar Galactica's, you know, the Ron Moore era mm-hmm. is, is uh, outstanding. Yeah. I don't know if I want to work on it. You know, sometimes it's like it would be better, it's better for me to be the viewer than to imagine trying to jump in and write for it. Hmm. Um, so, uh, but that's when the shield, the FX, the yeah, shield yeah, yeah, yeah. is, is one of my favorites. Um, but, uh, I don't know if I want to, would, would, if I don't even know if I could, I would hope, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Um, and they're both great shows, so I don't think you could have gone wrong either way. Um, <laughs> Um, and, uh, I know you've got to run, you've got network calls and all kinds of stuff going on. Um, so I do appreciate the time, but lastly, do you have any advice for aspiring screenwriters, TV writers out there, or is there anything else you'd like to share? Yeah. I mean, read, read and watch and consume the things that you like. And, and that, uh, that helps. I mean, um, if you, you know, if you truly want to, uh, write for television or film, then you need to, you really need to read a lot of film scripts. You need to read a lot of TV scripts and find that style, see how people get in and out of scenes. I think that's just absolutely important. And I know so many people who's, who's, who start writing without doing that, without memorizing and, and truly understanding that, um, how, how that's done. Um, I think, so I think that's kind of the most, 
the, the, the best starting point. Right. Thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting with us today, Terry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, and you can follow Terry on Twitter. It's at Terry Metallis. We'll have all the links on our site. And you know where to find us, scriptsandscribes.com. And thank you all for listening.